Breathe in. I'm the universe. Breathe out. You are the universe. Breathe in. Everything touches me. Breathe out. I touch everything. Breathe in. Everything floats through me. Breathe out. I float through everything. Breathe in. I vibrate. Breathe out. Everything is in motion. Breathe in red particles. Breathe out. Mingle with purple. Breathe in. My body lit from inside. Waiting to. Breathe out. Light around. Around. Breathe in. I grow roots to the center. Breathe out. Flying high above the city. Breathe in. Breathe in. No air. Breathe out. Darkness surrounds me. Breathe in. Your eyes. Breathe out. Look. Breathe in, there, on my back. Breathe out, pushing myself into that sleeve. Breathe in. It's me. 
Breathe out. I'm resistant. Breathe in. Our hands touch. Breathe out. You walk with me. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe in. How did you like the piece, David? I really liked it. Usually I don't listen um, to these things on headphones, but it was nice to hear it this way. And I also wondered what it would sound like to those who knew nothing about what they just heard, which is yeah. you out there listening. And, and yet even I know how the parts were made, but I still know very little, almost nothing about what you heard there. That's right. We haven't tried these pieces on many people. I mean, this piece you just heard, you're the first audience. So what do you think they could associate? Out there, you can listen. You can imagine what's going on. If I, I have played some of these kinds of things for people. I ask them, what is that? What are you listening to? And usually they, uh, they'll say, oh, what is it, like electrostatic interference or is it the sound of dolphins or um, just some strange electronic things? And most people wouldn't guess that the background sound that began this track was is simply a, a recording made in a pond in July, a place called Lost Pond. There was so much going on, so many creatures in the pond, some of them making these sounds that I said, wait a minute, like... Um, This has to be interesting. And then when I looked at it, you make an image of the whole recording. You saw like, what? Like, there's rhythms here. These sounds, the ones we do know about, are made by these this tiny water bugs vibrating their penises underwater. Yes, they do that. 
and uh, they were making this kind of rhythm you hear like and then several minutes later and it was almost in time like this kind of strange rhythm of space like what could this actually be true and then uh, and then i started listening more and then occasionally you hear sounds that are actually completely unknown like and you should know that sitting above the water you hear nothing it's totally silent it's only underwater these sounds are being made you need this underwater microphone called a hydrophone that's making the sounds sometimes i, I think i'm dragging the hydrophone underwater to move it and you hear that kind of sound but that could also be a distant airplane or train that also sounds like that and i can't remember and then i did run it through like very mysterious audio effects the kinds of effects that they don't really they're mixtures of things they don't do anything overtly useful you know david i'm kind of glad we didn't speak about this before i offered the text because now that you're telling me that this rhythm that we are hearing in a certain rhythmical way that there are penises moving Yeah, you I, don't want to know that. Yeah. I probably would have chosen a completely different text. That's what I'm what I mean. And because many of my texts involve sexuality and intimacy and emotionality and I do talk about penises in my texts sometimes and I'm glad I didn't know it because I guess I would have maybe chosen for one of the more direct intimate poems that I that I have. But I think that not knowing it, I, I chose something that actually really fit the soundscape. Yeah, that's the whole thing with these sounds. How much do we need to know that there's uh, supposedly Pythagoras came up with this idea of the acousmatic. What is a sound when you don't know what is making it? Mm. Like the, the acousmatic sound. These are the interesting sounds before we explain what they are. It's like you hear this weird noise, like a growl, and maybe there's a tiger in your backyard and someone tells you like, no, it's actually a porcupine or yeah, yeah. a bird or something. And like, then, it, then it totally loses the mystery and yeah. you feel like oh, I've identified it with, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. But then you, like, like coyotes sound like people moaning in the hills. David, do you think that we should tell people how we met and who we are and why we are working together? Yes, we're gonna. We definitely should. You should. Let's hear your version, and then I'll tell you my. Let's version. hear my version. Okay. <laughs> just see what so, you say. So yeah, let's just see what I say. So I'm a visual artist, actually. I've um, recently started writing poetry and prose poetry, and um, I've been looking for for ways to perform them and to present them. And I think that my visual work and my my writing is actually quite connected to each other. I don't think. Actually, when I was young, I always wanted to be a writer. And then I became a photographer first. And that became being a visual artist in many forms. And But I've always felt that writing and making visuals is not very far from each other. I'm still creating images. Now I create them with words. But I've started looking for ways to perform or to present my texts in a way that would not exclusively be reading like an, an audience shouldn't only be reading my texts I think because um, they are so they're very personal and they are very emotional and I think there's something to the fact that I'm reading them or I'm performing them just as in my visual work I often use myself as a as a character and that is a very that is a similar has a similar feeling And I met you, David, almost by chance. 
Someone took me to your book presentation in Berlin. You were presenting uh, the book Nightingales in Berlin. And before the presentation, uh, we were both looking at books in the bookstore next to each other. And we started talking and I realized you are David Rothenberg, the person presenting his book now in a couple of minutes, and which I didn't know before. And I was very impressed by your presentation. You played your clarinet, you read some of the texts and you played your clarinet with recordings of nightingales and it was very impressive, it was very touching. And after that we kept in touch, but it took a while before we started working together. You saw an online performance that I did with Ernst Reisiger, a Dutch musician who I've been working with uh, for a while now. And after that, you basically said, look, I'm ready to perform with you. And I took you up on it a while later. But if I, if I tell the story about, about how we met, I don't know, you might not like it. Well, let's see. <laughs> because it, and, and, and we don't have to say any of these things because it involves finding out... Uh, learning who you are, where you come from. That's all right. And these Try things and, and that, um, you know, so don't worry, don't get mad at anything I say. If you say that's no. not true. It's you know, okay. Gonna, you know, but, David, but I also yeah. sometimes tell you not to be mad at me or not to take something too personal. Right. So let's okay. see, let's hear your version. Yeah. So, um, so I'm getting ready to do this performance in this amazing bookstore called Zabriskie in Berlin. That, that's like a bookstore that has all the books I would want or many that, that I do have on my shelf because it's in between like nature, music and performance and odd literary creations. Like who knew there, there, there could be such a, a place. And, and um, so I was very happy to do this performance there. And as I'm getting ready to begin, I think I, I, was, uh, I, I was near the edge adjusting all the things. And then I saw there was this, this, uh, this uh, young woman showing her showing a book to her friends and opening the book. And I'd seen the book already because it's a very dramatic, large, unusually shaped book with these photographs. And, and there she is like wandering in the desert and these texts. And, and then um, and, and then said, oh, you're the author. Oh, this is nice. I, I saw this book and they were, were talking. And then um, I'm leafing through the pages. And, and then towards the end, it says a special thanks to Werner Herzog at the end. And then I started launching into Werner Herzog comments like of this guy, you know, he's so obsessed with nature, but he's always criticizing it. He's saying like, I look into the eyes of the bear and only I see the cold, relentless hunt for food. And so I'm kind of droning on and on. And she just looks at me and goes, says, yeah, I know what you mean. He's my father. I go, oh, what? <laughs> I feel like he's my father too, all the advice he's given me. If you need the camera, steal the camera. If your friend is dying, walk across the country to see them, then they'll live, you know, all these things. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm um, sort of, and, 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 you know, instead of like slapping me in the face or something, she says, well, you, you know, you, it looks like you really know the material. And I kind of <laughs> laughed. <laughs> And then I started thinking about this. And afterwards, you know, we talked more and I, and I met her very interesting friends who published these beautiful, interesting books. And it was a window into a whole world. But then I, st I started thinking of this, this, this idea, this kind of uh, sort of fantasy person, Werner Herzog's daughter. Of course, of course, there's Werner Herzog's daughter exists and she must be incredibly interesting like you, you mention that to people they, they their eyes light up like this is like someone everyone wanted wants to know or imagined would exist but never thought about 
It reminded me of Mount Analog, the famous surrealist French novel by René Domal. It's about a mountain, the highest mountain in the world that has to exist because we want it to exist. You kind of imagine it. And then one must also think about Eva Mates' daughter. Anna's mother is this amazing actress. Once I looked into this, I realized, oh yes, I've seen her in all these films. And, you know, interesting. What an interesting combination this must be. And so this convergence of strangeness and, and really interested me. And yet I also know, like, you know, you, you can't turn real people into your fantasy, especially a fantasy you never even thought about before, before the actual thing happens. The spectacle. A split-tongued witch voice crawls through the floor from downstairs into my room. A double helix of sound and movement relieves the boundaries of space. The chatter of people outside watching the sunset reaches me like a bubble. They used to clap sometimes for the spectacle. Cat eyes stared me through a screen. Respond to what you just said earlier. Um, it was I've I've I feel it's it was very charming the way you um, 
you put it, I feel like you described me as a very nice and interesting person, which I hope I am, but I'm not sure I am. And um, regarding my parents, it is um, not always the easiest task to be the child of famous parents. But on the other hand, it is also it can also be a very nice thing. And oftentimes I feel like it is not so different from not having famous parents. People expect it to be different, but I don't think it actually is so different. The one thing that is challenging is that if I were to try to step into my parents' footprints, that would be very big shoes to fill. I early on decided that I wasn't going to be a director, a film director or an actress. And so... And that was not because they are uh, a, dire a director and, and an actress, but because it never came up for me. It wasn't, um, it wasn't an option. I wanted to create my own stories, my own imagery. Um, and so becoming a visual artist and now also um, with my writing practice, I really found my own path. And so I don't have to compare myself to them. And that's actually a good thing. I oftentimes don't talk about this as quickly as I did to you in that bookstore. Just because I feel like it's nice if people know me as me, because I am a person um, on my own without my parents, even though my parents do inform me and my work. And I'm super proud of them. And I appreciate their work. And I appreciate the influence that they have on my work. And actually, I mean, sometimes these things happen as they did to us, David, that, that maybe that's why we kept in touch. You know, maybe, maybe your interest was triggered in a way that you thought, I want to keep in touch with this person. And now we're working together. And this collaboration is something quite extraordinary, I think. I, I, I'm sure there's other people out there that are doing what we are doing, but it is very particular to this time because we can't see each other. I mean, not in, in person, not in the same room because you're in upstate New York and I'm in Berlin and, and travel is really restricted. I mean, I, we could probably make it work if we really had to, but I, as a European, am still banned from entering the United States because of COVID-19 and, um, And it's just not so easy to travel at this moment. And we still found a way to make some, uh, to me at least, interesting works. Yeah, from the, from the moment I, I met you and started looking at these works you had there, like I knew that you were interesting. Like she, this, this woman is very interesting. And, and, it's, and it's not that your parents are famous it's that they're really interesting and the idea of a combination, a person who's a combination of, of where they come from is, is so fascinating. We never talked about your father, David. My father is, was an architect, Abraham Rothenberg. He, he was a very um, sort of quiet character, very thoughtful and serious, but you didn't really know much always what he was thinking. He didn't say that much. My mother, who was an artist, talked constantly and she was very like blah, 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 blah. she was constantly speaking and, and voicing contradictory opinions one after another after another wouldn't shut up you know you had to you know you had to like edit out half the words if you wanted to follow her 
conversation. Uh, they they seem to get along very well their their whole life. And uh, and then um, you know, they, I grew up in Connecticut, kind of um, you know outside New York City, and they're very interested in culture and the serious. Um, you know, art and music and films, and, and they had an idea, this is the high, this is the low, and, you know, it's very clear to them they were interested in these things. And um, and I think that, that uh, I definitely am a, a combination of them. I was very sorry that at the end of my father's life he had a stroke and was stuck in a wheelchair for eight years. I like how you're saying that you're um, a mixture of your parents, just like I feel I'm really a mixture or a product of... The both of them. That's interesting that probably a lot of people feel that. Yeah. I like how in many of the pieces that we've worked together, we combine really all these elements. No, We combine the recordings that you make in nature with playing the clarinet and um, possibly other instruments. I'm, I'm actually not sure exactly if you also play other instruments. So far we've heard we've heard like really big clarinet, like the, the contra-alto clarinet. Very hard to say. That's like a contra-bass yeah. clarinet, but in a different key. That's back here, and I play the regular clarinet so far, and then we, we had, and the kind of electronic instruments that you sort of, some of them made out of a sample of a nature sound transformed, and then you hear these things. Sometimes it's good to know that information. Sometimes not. It, it depends. It's, it's a two-sided. For me, when I started doing this nature stuff, I always thought that I don't want, I don't like electronic sounds. I'm going to start with a nature sound and do something to it so it has something organic going on. But then I yeah. started studying, so let's, uh, I just uh, say one unnecessary thing, yeah, is that sure. when I started studying insect sounds and wrote this book called Bug Music, I realized the sounds they make are just, it's the same as electronic instruments. Even what they do is like a synthesizer. They, they, they do the things that people program synthesizers to do. So then nature becomes totally electronic. Then I got more and more confused and I started liking these weird sounds that you wouldn't have necessarily thought were nature sounds. One day, your eyes, those slits, were lit by the bedside table lamps of a hotel room, dressed up like a Spanish knight's castle, glaring, steel blue, a translucent ocean to drown in. Last night, shades down, damp light from below us, when you were doubting if it would maybe be another 20 years before you'd be back in my bed. They were dark as coal, looking at me in the same daring way, ever craving, then taking, like the man you are, etc. You can't just put a finger up my ass and then straight into the next hole, I said, admiring how we can be there and not there at once, a dance until someone sobs, tears of time until someone comes hard on my back.
would like to talk about our process, the way we work, because I think it could potentially be interesting to people. Like in this case, I asked you to make some fast beats. I love how this session turned out. I have to say, this is the one time I was completely nervous before we were going to do this. Like this is the one night I'm, I'm like losing sleep, just worrying about this session in the morning. Like, oh, I'm going to be playing these, 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 these uh, like fast, regular beats. And, you know, Hannah is in Berlin, you know, the center of this kinds of, you know, 4-4 techno music and, you know. <laughs> Which and like she's gonna hate this and I you know I don't you know I, I make these things I never know what to do with them because it's it's sort of I, I like the unevenness I'm using the same technology but I get bored if it's too much the same the way you're supposed to use it she's gonna like hate this but you know okay let's just see what happens I'll just play the ones that are I can most play live and change so I feel like I'm doing something and and uh, and I think it was really interesting all the the many pieces that came from this this sounds and. I couldn't definitely definitely yeah I couldn't predict actually it's interesting because I'm very often surprised by what you do or what we do together while we um, perform online because oftentimes we don't prepare a lot before we meet I mean sometimes I send you texts beforehand so you could have a, a look at them but then we never know what happens when we meet. I don't know which instrument you're going to pick up. You don't know exactly which text piece I'm going to read right now. And so it's often really an improvisation that we start with. And that is something that I have never done in my life before. It's the first time that I'm trying out performances and I'm trying out these, these more um, spontaneous collaborations um, and so I'm very often surprised or derailed. And yeah, so for me, it's it's probably a bit different. I'm, al I'm almost always nervous before we meet. I was <laughs> nervous right. before we met today. Right. Uh, oh, it's, it's good to hear. I thought you were always so calm, like you were so like, you know, you were so, <laughs> yeah. That's good to hear. I guess everyone's nervous when they do something. They don't, they don't expect. They have no idea what's going to happen. Yes, and I'm completely the, outside of my comfort zone most of the times, David. Should we play one that we consider not finished? A speechless cosmos. One and all tongue. Without language. Forest. <laughs> 
Are you beating the rain? With your heels? to that landscape. from behind like a big melon I'd like to feel It's interesting, I haven't, we've recorded this piece in August, and I think it's one of the few pieces that didn't go back and forth a lot. 
you send it you mixed it together after we performed it and I don't think we kept working on it we just left it where it was and now I'm listening to it and I we announced it as a piece that wasn't finished and now I really wonder why it is not finished I really appreciate that it is um, that the words are less important and the music seems to take over maybe I, I always liked it and you said I don't really like that one and I, I didn't press you on why I just like the space and I like the image of the big melon and of course it has these phrases about take me to that landscape and this is based on another part of our correspondence when you know when people were really stuck here and you weren't allowed to do anything pretty much the only time I'd leave the house is to either go shopping or go hiking with some friends in, in the bigger mountains to the north And sometimes I just send Hannah pictures. Here we are. Now we're on top of this and we're looking at this. And then she would respond. And, and a lot of uh, people don't respond, of course, because there's too much imagery and communication going on. So when there's a response, it means something. And I talked about, we, we, one day we went a very quick hike up, up this uh, very small mountain with a tower where you can see everything. And I said, we, we've, we've got to go fast to beat the rain. You know, beating the rain. Are you beating the rain? Which, of course... Of course, I, I know the expression to beat the rain. But then for the first time, I thought about about the other meaning of it. And I pictured you fighting, like fist fighting with the rain. And actually, I mean, that's when I started writing a poem that took me a while to finish. And I think it's um, maybe the last piece that we're going to play today in this show. Um, where where I've tried to write about this experience that we are having, that we would actually like to take a walk together, but it's not possible. And so we have to do it in other yeah, ways. I'm, I am looking forward to that too. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to the moment when we're in the same space, actually. Happen. I can feel it. <laughs> Let's 
his pants down, way down, so I can see all the way up his stern, and it is beautiful. And I know you haven't had that viewpoint, and I'd invite you to take a dive down there, but hey, it's not my bottom, and you're not invited to the party. Boo-hoo. We have more important things to cry about. Extreme weather. Fascism. Swallow your whistle, my friend. It sings the wrong tune. to myself that's actually quite fine with me you can go now I identify with my testosterone levels if with nothing else my arms are strong my sex drive has always been high I like to threaten men with my muscular body day 35 of my cycle. Unusually long even for me. Is that why I don't call you? Jesus. 
Of course I did a test. Is that what I don't call you? I don't flirt. So dramatic, so passionate, we can't climax, then go. The small goodbyes are just as painful. Suck me senseless. Rim the shit out of me for your own pleasure. So nice. What has no beginning cannot end. I want to be your fantasy so bad. When I say um, uh, she certainly screamed, but I couldn't be sure, and meaning that I wasn't sure if she had an orgasm, yes or no, you do with your clarinet, you go like, you make the screaming sounds. No, actually, I like it. I actually like it. I like that you interpret that thing that I describe, namely her screaming. Um, while we have sex, I, I like the way the right. clarinet plays out her voice, but um, it happens too little, I think. I want more of that, yeah. You want more of that, okay. Yes. More, I guess I was more worried about Yeah, no, but I like it in this case because to be like, there's another piece where and the then, clarinet becomes yeah. almost a little bit kitschy and it really serves the purpose too. At first, when I heard it, I thought, oh, is this maybe too much? And then I thought, no, not at all. It's actually great because it it supports uh, the text, but it's also, it's not only support, it's as if text and sound are walking hand in hand. And I think in this piece that we just heard, maybe it can be improved the way that sound and text walk hand in hand. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll, I'll think about that. So, so how do you feel hearing yourself reveal such intimate things? I quite like it. Um, I'm a person who does like talking about sex. Not everybody does. Um, but I do like talking about it. I think it's an important thing to talk about. I always appreciate when others do. There's In the poetry, of course, there's also the shock element that I like. It has something very performative to talk about sex. Um, I also... Like what I say in the text is actually true. I I don't flirt or I don't think I flirt. 
I have big walls up. Like when I go into a bar or something I and I talk to someone who starts flirting with me, I usually immediately introduce my partner or, you know, I, I make clear that this is not what I do. But then when I'm interested in a person, I also don't feel like I'm really capable of flirting. So usually at a certain point, I just say it. I say, you know, I would really like to kiss you right now. Or, you know, I really like you. Or, do you want to come home with me? You know, I'm, I'm very direct and I'm um, straightforward and that doesn't always work well. Most people like to be courted. I can't do that. <laughs> yes. I think people don't. I think people don't like it. No? Nobody likes flirting. Nobody, nobody likes it. It's like all really? this time wasted. I, I, that's the way I've always felt, at least. Like it's, it's like um, everyone is thinking about one thing oh, and doing something else. They're not really being clear because they're afraid the consequences yeah. of clarity are, are too I see. dangerous. And so they, they, they're playing all these games. You know, like, you know, does anyone actually like it to be in a bar flirting yeah. or outside or not really saying what one really great pickup line i once heard was in a club and i was dancing with this young man and after a while of dancing together which was i guess flirtatious he leaned over and he said are you taken those were the first words he said to me and that made everything clear and i loved it i was not taken Yes, that's a good line. That's a good advice. Practical advice from this radio show. I was thinking earlier when you said these are strange times. That's what people always say. And I have to say that each time someone says strange about this time, I don't agree. To me, it's not been strange. Of course, it's been different or different from what we are used to because it used to be like this. A lot of, a lot of things used to be like this. And so... But for me, it's been such a productive time. Yeah, I, I feel mixed on that. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it's been, you, you see, it's definitely productive. For me, it's productive and also uh, empty. Like there's a mix because so much mm. of the, my yeah. in recent years, my sense of being productive has meant going places and being with people and, and all of that. When I start thinking me about too. this, it all seems like a, a dream, like some other world. And, and I mean, it, it makes sense to sit in your room and work and make things, but you sort of wonder, like I have no doubt that performing with people, being with people in, in different places and making unclassifiable things in person. I know that's good, but the creation of media, I'm, I'm just not sure because there's so much of it. And, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, but I also think that we were supposed to halt. It's, I, I, and I also make a lot of my work outside of Berlin, outside of Germany. I make my work while I travel. I make my work in collaborations with other people who I meet and who I meet in person with. But I was traveling to the United States from Germany every year, at least once. And I took all these planes and I think it was all right for me to take a break of that. And I'm just speaking of myself, but I think a lot of people feel that way. And hopefully we can bring some sort of a change through the fact that this is forced upon yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it was wasteful and we took it for granted. And, and uh, But at the same time, I, I, it's so much of the way I thought about what one could do depended on this. And then... Uh, and, and sure. even if you reduce the travel, even the, the fact of getting together and doing things is so much under siege. And it's not, it's not over. We thought it would be over. It's not over till it's over. 
and now it's uh, it's not over till yeah. it's over but it's great how we can find new right. ways this of is, collaboration this is probably the most interesting thing i've been doing is making these things with you keep, keep trying, trying. Here I am, trying not to write about you, or the experience of walking together, me here, you there, in imagination, until I can't help myself and start moving through blue forest. tame ocean in the inner ear past a pond red understory in the doldrums a speechless cosmos one and all tongue The absence of space. A triangular mountaintop straight ahead. Ephemeral and electric signals. Digital maps. No way to ever get there. Smell of darkness, the smell of darkness in the distance. Doors blind to footsteps, yet hands rubbing against each other with each step in an algorithmic landscape until it's skin and scent. We understand in the blink of an eye what tricks absence plays on us. Don't worry, I tell myself, and keep wandering in indifference. I need to meet them, the hands, heels. The rain beating them, the hands, heels, confronting the abyss. Play, advises the enchanter. There is no loneliness. Thank you.
Play happy couple with you. We lack realness. It's all play, it's all fun. That's great. Keep trying.